Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Unexpected Experts. This week I had on a good friend of mine, her name is Andrea. Um, Andrea has been, and we'll, we'll go into this later in the episode too, but Andrea has been a big part in the formation of this podcast and the amount of um, just support and encouragement and little ideas and all of it that, that she's put into this show before it even started um, can definitely not be understated. So I'm really glad that she decided to get on this week. Um, also, it's episode 10. So we have we have a little bit of, uh, I guess, a bit of a celebration there during the episode. And um, it was it was really good. I, I felt like it was a good way to sort of honor the way that Andrea has been such a good support for the development of the show and all of it. So I'm I'm thrilled to uh, to have Andrea on this week. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Unexpected Experts. Today, I have my good friend Andrea Ellis on the show. Andrea, say hi. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Andrea is a Calgary girl who was born in Saskatchewan, moved here when she was five. Um, She has had all manner of jobs and positions and all of that. And uh, she went to Ambrose for behavioral sciences and education. Um, She's been a teacher in the Calgary area as a sub for almost a full year (laughs) during this whole pandemic before becoming a brand new mom to the sweetest little girl and is also married to her husband, Matt. They've been married for just over two years. You guys just had your second anniversary last month. Uh, I don't know. What is it? It's July. Is it August? We had our anniversary in June. (laughs) Man. Yes. End of June. June. End of June. Yeah. She's been a good friend for a long time and has been instrumental in the formation of this podcast as well. So, Andrea, welcome to Unexpected Experts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely want to acknowledge right off the top, like, just how much input you've had in the formation of this whole show. We've been back and forth on Marco Polo, yeah, sending messages for, like, well over a year, I think. I mean, in regards to the the podcast, yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, at least a year, if not more. If not more, I don't even know when you started thinking about. Well, you started thinking about it forever ago, but yeah, when you like legitimately were like, "This is what I want to do." Yeah, it was at least a year ago. Yeah, because I was, I was driving to and from school, and we were Marco Poloing oh, on that's our right. way, yeah, to and from. Our workplaces, yeah, which mine varied every day. <laughs> yeah, I had like a maybe maybe a ten minute drive or so. Yeah, Most I usually had at least twenty. Yeah. So. Yeah, your messages have always historically been longer. <laughs> you know, it's funny. And that's fine. I have a friend who's even worse than I am, and we kind of call each other out on it sometimes. And she will end her Marco Polo saying, "Okay, I'm going to end it now because that was a really long Marco Polo," which. I know that I do also, so maybe I'm really taking after her more than I would ever like to admit. Yeah, that's all right. We love it. Um, but yeah, you've you've definitely been a big person in just bouncing ideas off of and having ideas and all of it. So it's thank fun. you for the 
many hours spent on Marco Polo. You're welcome. Uh, sharing ideas and it's and been exciting to watch it come to fruition. Yeah, and now here you are. Here I am. And uh, we kind of figured episode ten would be a nice acknowledgement of all that, and we can be like a little a little milestone. Because now we're in the double digits. We're in the double digits. The double digits. It sounds weird and gross. I don't like it. It's almost like moist digits. Oh. Double digits. Anyway. Guess you can edit um, that one out. <laughs> Let the record show. I brought ten timbits to celebrate you the did. tenth episode. Of Ten episodes, baby. Episode. I actually went to two Tim Hortons on my way here because the first one had a really crappy selection. No way. So I'm really committed, but also I needed gas, but and fuel. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Gas, like fuel for the car and fuel for for your body. Right. Yeah. Timbits for life. Love it. Um, I think because we've been talking about this whole show for so so long and kind of hashing out the idea and the whole theme for the show. I think I want to focus a little more on this episode, on the idea of yeah. being an expert totally, and what that looks like. And um, the idea that you don't necessarily need a certain job title or a certain set of letters in front of your name on your business card to be qualified to talk about the stuff that you're passionate about or the stuff that you've had experience in. Yeah, definitely. I think if you have dreams and goals in life, then there's no there's no need to always go and get like an education to be able to speak on those things yeah, yeah. um aka passion passion yeah. projects unexpected yeah. experts exhibit a <laughs> and here we <laughs> unexpected are unexpected exhibit full circle <laughs> and end podcast there yeah done <laughs> episode 10's over <laughs> thank you for joining us <laughs> um i'd like to start maybe with just your background and like growing up and your whole I've I've been saying this the last few episodes your your superhero origin story my superhero origin story I don't know when did I become a superhero I'm unaware let me consult my Marvel friends um I was born in Saskatchewan I was born in Regina specifically we lived there this is like a weird I'm like now just giving you my life story but we lived there until I was three. My sister was born and then we actually moved a ton. We moved, I don't know the order anymore cause I'm too old for that, but we moved to, um, we lived in medicine hat for a little while. We lived in Prince George for a little while. We moved wow. down to California for a year Whoa. and then from California, we moved back up to Calgary and this became home for the last 25 years of my life. Nope, 26. I'm 31 now. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. Man, I didn't know you lived in California. That's crazy. Well, I had to be close to Disneyland for at least one year of my well, life. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know that we've we've known each other quite a long time. What, 13 years? Maybe? Uh, I would have been, I think, I think, 18 when we met. So I'm bad at math. Yeah, was it 13, 13 years? Something Crazy. like that, yeah. Um, but I know that we've kind of, we had kept in touch a little bit like mm-hmm. since we met, but then there was a point that we started hanging out again, and yeah. then we, and then you were working at like David's Tea at the time, and then 
you've done a whole ton of other jobs since then. So yeah. maybe run us through like <laughs> My a resume. bit of your resume. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was a classic like high school, first year, second year university student. So I had a lot of customer service type jobs that malls and not malls. My very first job was a deli worker at a local grocery shop in Chestermere that no longer exists because it's super small. And no, it was super small. The town has now grown and they no longer have that grocery store. Then I worked at Tim Hortons. I worked at David C. I worked, I worked at, <laughs> you know, um, Oh, what? Uh, like Aldo, there's the Aldo shoe store, but then there's like Aldo accessories. Right. Yeah. I worked at Aldo accessories for a week and I absolutely hated it. So it was for like one week. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was probably my least favorite job. 100 percent um i worked at apple for a few right. years yeah. um and then i took some time off of school of post-secondary and i got a full-time job working with our lovely friend leanne um at a condo builder company as their selections coordinator. Ooh, fancy. Which really was the fancy way to say, hey, you bought a condo. Let's pick out all of the things that you want your condo to have in it. Like nice. the colors of floors and cabinets and countertops. And would you like to upgrade your bathtub to a walk-in shower? Cool. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Just like selling all the upgrades. Yep. Legit. That's legit. Yeah. I was really like a glorified salesperson at that job. But I like really enjoyed it because I like interior design and that kind of thing. And then I went back to school, finished my behavioral sciences degree because I took a hiatus from it to do that job. And then I worked in that field for a year um, at a school in Calgary with their home program, which our friend Rachel K. Babe is now doing. Um, and then... I realized doing that. So it was basically like um, an in-home therapy program where you work with both kids and parents and other family members to um, essentially like create some form of balance in their home with kids who have autism and okay. yep. like just helping them kind of exist together in a harmonious way or as harmoniously as they can. And you work with a whole behavioral team. So there's a speech language pathologist. Um, there's a occupational therapist. There's a physical therapist and there's a physiotherapist. Nope. Those are the same physio and physical are the same. Uh, and a psychologist. That's the other P. Okay. Um, so depending on the kid and what their life is like is how many therapists you'd have on your team. Um, I think I had three cases, so three different families. And then with that job, I was like, oh, I really do want to become a teacher because um, I want to do more with kids. And so I went back to school to be a teacher, which is funny because I thought I would be a teacher immediately coming out of high school. And then I was like, you're 20 years old. There's no way you can look after five <laughs> like five days a week 20 something kids there's like no yeah, you'll... that are only a few years younger than you <laughs> really i mean legit you're still essentially their peer yeah <laughs> i'm like not i'm not a short person but i'm not an overly tall person and i've gone into a couple schools now and like 
pretty much gotten lost in the crowds when the bell goes and wow. everyone's changing classes. It's like, is she a student or is she a teacher? We'll never know. There was definitely a teacher at our school growing up who was shorter than a lot of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was tiny, tiny, tiny little They're lady. like, I don't know what these kids are eating these days that some of them are ginormous and they're in junior oh, yeah. high. And I'm like, what is going on? It's crazy. Know. They got fertilizer in the shoes or something. They <laughs> <Sure>. must. <laughs> yeah. So then that kind of, I don't know. I probably had other jobs in there too, but the end goal was and is a teacher. Well, and a mom. I'm a mom now. So yeah. that's a job. Let me tell you. <laughs> you did a bunch of jobs in the, oh no, you, you did some schooling first. And so yeah, I, I went right into university right. Um, out of high school. Um, so I did like the part-time classic, like mall jobs. I think I worked at Apple at some point during one of my degrees. I did technically three years of Bible college right out of high school. Right. Yeah. And then I did what they, they call it a bridge program, which I think you're like at your, at Rocky, they called it something different, but yeah, they had their own something version similar. Of it. Yeah. Called the edge. It was like a one year. Yeah. The edge was a one year certificate type of a program. This was a two year and it was called the bridge. So you did your two years at the Bible college and then you went to another degree program and then you kind of like merged the two degrees to right. get a degree in both. So it took me two years to get, or sorry, it took me three years to get two bachelor's degrees. Oh, wow. Four years, I guess. Yeah. Cause I took a gap year, but so I have, yeah, I have a bachelor, I have a bachelor in religious education. I have a bachelor of behavioral sciences or it's a bachelor of arts in behavioral sciences and then a bachelor of education. Wow. Yeah. I went to school for a really long time and I'm still <laughs> paying for it. I feel it. like that's <laughs> half the time that I've known you, like you've just been in school. Yep. Pretty yeah. much the whole time that you've known me, I've been in yeah. school because yeah, I think we met when you were in grade 11 and I was in grade 12. Yeah. So we were still in school at that point. <laughs> Little babies in high we were school. Just kids, man. I had no idea how many years of post-secondary I was about to do at that point. Right. Too many. But here we are. So many. Yeah. yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Um, are there any moments from any of those jobs that, that you remember distinctly like shaping or forming <laughs> um, some part of like how you see the world? So I'm, I'm thinking like customer <laughs> service jobs. Uh-huh. Right. Like. You worked at David's Tea and Apple, and like I've worked at Banana Republic and oh my gosh, Starbucks. Yeah. Like I worked at Starbucks for like four I years. Fully forgot about Banana Republic. That's and amazing. I was at Forever Twenty One for a little bit. No, I was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had to work. R.I.P. I had to work Forever both of those 21. jobs. <laughs> I had to work both those jobs on Boxing Day one year. Ew, and that was the longest day the of my life. Worst thing about mall jobs is it was terrible. Like you have that blackout period where you can't book any time off. Yeah. And you're sad because, you know, there's like in my family, we have to celebrate Christmas multiple times because my parents aren't together. So we have, you know, one evening with my dad for Christmas and then Christmas morning with my mom. Now I'm married. So then I have Christmas with my Mm in-laws and they really like to do extended family Christmas, which we haven't yet been able to do because I just like we're running around to all the other Christmases. (laughs) So... (laughs) Mall jobs sucked for me. Seriously. It was the worst. Yeah, and then it's like Boxing Day mm-hmm. is totally blacked out. You can't do anything. And you have to like be there at the crack the of freaking dawn. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to work both jobs no. that day. They both required me. So I opened at one. Get I out had of an here. hour between and then I closed at the other job. That's the worst. It was the longest day of my life. 
so many clothes that I had to organize and put back on the racks. Oh, clothing. Oh, I terrible. worked at Jacob. I worked at a clothing store that also no longer exists. Okay. Jacob. Yeah. Was, there was Jacob, Jacob Connection. Yes. And Jacob Jr. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked actually in my time with them. I worked for them probably for three years. And that was like the start of, or the end of high school into my first. Okay. Yeah. And then I did so the yeah, classic like summer Customer camp. service. Yeah. And then... Um, you did some like renovation ish work, like, mm-hmm. with more on the design and the like, creative yeah. side. And I've, I've worked kind of on the actual hands-on side, like putting up drywall and mud and tape and paint mm-hmm. and flooring and tile and all that. You came and did our tile. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 Did the whole, did your whole kitchen. Oh, that that kitchen. was a lot of tile. It was a lot of tile. <laughs> it was a ton of tile. Probably um, more than you realized. But then also <laughs> like, you know, with the, with the multiple schools now that you've been at, yeah. Like dealing with kids with autism and now doing part time. Are there so with all of those, mm-hmm. um are there any moments in any of those jobs that you remember really shaping um or defining or forming how you see the world? Oh man. I can remember a time when I was at David's Tea, um, and there was this customer that came in and it was obvious that English was not their first language. They actually, um, French was their first language. Okay. And I took French all throughout high school. Like actually I started French in grade four and took it all throughout, like all the way to grade 12. Yeah, me too. And you could do like, back in my day, you could do, um, grade. <laughs> we're so like, old. <laughs> well, it doesn't exist anymore. That's the weird thing. But there was 12, like grade 12A and grade 12B French that you could take. So I did both of them. So I did literally all of the French that I could. Wow. If you asked me to like start talking in French now, I would be like, bonjour, comment ça va? No, I wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> but like I legit don't have the ability to speak French. Yeah. I can understand just by like listening to someone. I can understand like a decent amount. Anyway, so this customer um, was like trying to figure out how, like how to tell us what she wanted for her tea. Um, I would, I wouldn't say it was like a formational moment, but it just was kind of like an aha moment of, you know, we all have different paths and we all come from different places, but there is, um, you know, there is a possibility that like as humans, if we take a moment and instead of getting super frustrated right away to just say like, Hey, how can I help you? Like how, Mm. How can we just like take a moment and figure it out? And then fast forward to my time at Apple. Um, Apple is huge on like inclusivity, Um, like in all ways possible. And so now there's like so many resources that you don't even realize exist that can help people communicate. And I think that just like with customer service, you see all kinds of people. They might have a different background. They might have a different heritage. They might have had a really crappy day that might be on cloud nine because they just got a promotion. And you kind of like, if you want to, you can in some way be a part of their, like their day or their journey or their Mm. story. Um, if you take the time. So, I mean, that was a huge thing. In a good or a bad way. Totally. Oh yeah. yeah, You can piss people off so fast. (laughs) Um, when you're out of stock of something or, yeah, like Apple had a very particular um, way of running their store 
And if a customer wanted something now and like you didn't have it or you had to go through the process with them of how to get it or whatever, then it was like, it could be a really bad time some Mm. days, but I don't miss that job necessarily. Shout out to my Apple people that are listening to this, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was a chaotic job. Like it was a lot of fun and I met a lot of people, both coworkers and people in the store, but I mostly just don't miss the mall jobs, I guess. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about Starbucks too. Like I miss the people that I worked with. Yeah. Like more than anything. Yeah. For sure. But the actual work, like, I don't know. You have like the occasional, like really good day or like that favorite person that comes in. Like I'm sure at Starbucks because you get the usual. You get your regulars every morning. Totally. You like you see their car roll into the parking lot and you're already making a drink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I wouldn't say (laughs) we had consistent customers in the same way necessarily at Apple, but um, it was a really crazy day when someone was trying to steal merchandise off the table and then the alarm goes off. But yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Mall jobs. I, I remember saying when I was done my, my, I guess my secondary, my behavioral sciences degree, I was like, I never want to work in the mall again. And then I had to, cause I went back to school. Well, there you <laughs> go. Like, well, no escaping that, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably a transformative experience. Just like, yeah. Getting to see people in all walks of life. With customer service. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was one thing that I really noticed working at Starbucks for that long too. And yeah. I worked at two different stores. I worked at one store that was just a cafe and I worked at a store that had a drive-thru. Oh, okay. And so it was like chaos right. with the drive-thru. Like you have so many more people in the store in the mornings to try and get your drive times yeah. to be good and all of it. But we had it down pretty well to a science. Um, but I guess all that to say like working in an environment where you see all kinds of people come through that door. Like you see totally. single moms mm-hmm. with their, with their four kids and she's getting a bunch of little hot chocolates for mm-hmm. them. Or you see a, a first date in the corner oh my gosh. and the guy is like awkwardly yes. trying to pay for the, for the drinks. And the girl's like, no, you don't have to. And he's like, no, I'll pay. And like, oh it's super awkward and hilarious. So or you see like older folks that come in and just get a dark coffee and they sit in the corner and read. Yeah. Or you see little business meetings and students. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of students that pretty well live at those shops. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I did that when I worked there too. And ditto. (laughs) It was awesome. But that's one thing that I really noticed was just the, the wide range of people that come through those doors Mm. all wanting the same thing. Right. And they're all united by that desire to have a cup of coffee yeah and to be in an environment where they can relax or hang out or meet new people or Mm -hmm. have a meeting or take the kids out and whatever and i feel like too especially like in a starbucks environment i feel like um people are to a certain degree like they're looking for a connection at some point right whether it's just that quick conversation when you take their order or you give them their drink or whatever and i think (laughs) because we're in these crazy times of I'm not saying the word the word that shall not be used (laughs) when speaking about COVID um just like it's been so long since and like now masks aren't a thing and we get to see people's whole faces Mm -hmm. and it's like oh my gosh I forgot not what you look like but I just forgot what kind of a presence you bring to a place 
because yeah. I can actually see your whole face. Like it's crazy how much you can't read when you're only looking at them from their eyeballs yeah, when up. You only have their eyes and their forehead. So weird. Like I was at the zoo yeah. a couple weeks ago and I was talking with my friend. It was the first time I had seen her with my daughter. Whoa, I've never said that. I've actually never <laughs> said that. That's weird. Um, she's three months old and I've never called her my daughter, even though that's what she is. Anyways, um, I was telling her just like, it's a classic thing for moms who have had kids to share their birth story. Like, sure. how did the birth go? Um, not everyone wants to hear it, and that's fine. Anyways, I was telling her about it, and I was walking past this, like, little playground bit in the zoo, and I looked over, and I was like, are you my OB? <laughs> and she was like, I might be. And I was like, okay, so that means you are an OB, but were you mine? And I was like, I legitimately don't know because all I ever saw of you the whole time I saw you in clinic and the whole time that you were like up in my business while I was giving yeah. birth to my kid, you were wearing a mask and I legit don't know what you fully look like. Well, your eyes look familiar. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And she was like, yeah, actually. And then she like, the amazing thing is, is she remembered like the whole birth. Like she, she's okay. like, oh, you were the, you were the girl that had like a really long labor and blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Anyways, it was Thanks just for like, me. it's crazy how humans, um, thrive off of connection with people. Even if you're having a bad day, there's like someone in your day that can somehow turn around your day. I yeah. think you just yeah. have to find that right person. And I think like working in customer service jobs for so long too, like you're trained Totally. And you're told in those yeah. in, in those situations, like when you kind of feel someone is not having a great day, mm -hmm. like we we were always allowed to just give drinks away at Starbucks. Mm, so I gave yeah. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right, and like you're not you're not supposed to do it all the time, no. like with every customer. But you're it's up to you, and you, you know, make the judgment, have your discretion, totally. Say like this person needs a coffee today, mm -hmm. right? Or or the amount of times that people would like pay for people's drinks behind them yes. in the drive line, and then yes. you'd see how long you could get the chain Aww, going. That was always fun, pay right? Pay it forward, yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, I, I like, never got that at Apple. <laughs> no one wanted to pay it forward. <laughs> oh, you you'd like for, an iMac for the also? <laughs> behind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much. No, but I I like that idea of connection. Totally. And it's it's hard to connect with people. It's hard to even feels like it's hard to even be human to other people when half of your face is covered yeah like you can only you can't do so read. much expression with exactly. your eyes exactly i was gonna say forehead. you can't read a whole lot of expression just by eyes i mean you can yeah. and you can't but yeah no for sure it's been a weird year so it's nice that people are like finally able to get together and stuff again and like i have a wedding to go to in a couple weeks and i'm freaking Whoa. pumped it's gonna be so much fun beautiful So one of the things that you've done a lot of work with in just the time that I've known you is we both sing in a group here in Calgary. Yeah. Or I guess sang because I'm not quitting this year, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm still going to try and convince it's been, you. It's been 11 years. What do you mean you need whatever. a year off? James, what have you been doing for the past year? <laughs> Can't say I need a year off. It's not even been going for the year. Anyway. <sighs> I'm not going to let it but go. But one, one thing that I know you've been really, really involved when. Yes involved in pretty well since the time that you joined the group was at the time it was called 10 for 10 10 in 10 and then 10 in 10 mm -hmm. and then it was new west gives back yeah and now you're part of the new west student ensemble and yeah. everything that's getting launched this fall so so good maybe talk about 
um, 10 and 10 and and all of that and yeah. um, New West Gives Back and then the ensemble, so, what's going on with that? Sure. So um, 10 and 10 was a dream that our former conductor had um, for New West. Um, like a huge thing of New West is giving back to the community, whether that's like a financial gift or of your time or whatever resource you can. Um, and the idea was to help 10,000 families in 10 years, which was a great um, idea. <laughs> but we realized pretty quickly that it was like a bit of a lofty goal. And so we were trying to figure out how to capitalize on it in a healthy way, but also like really like dig into what it means to give back to the community and whether that was the community in Calgary, in Alberta, in Canada, or beyond, like global. Um, and so that project started what formally became of New West's giving to the community and beyond. Um, it was just kind of a way to market it, I guess. And then we ended up sort of changing the branding just to make it a little bit more clear because it seemed like um, it was confusing for a lot of people. Um, and so we changed it to New West Gives Back, um, which just very simply was like, hey, we want to give to the community. We sort of have to as a charitable organization anyways. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of snowballed. So we partnered with a whole bunch of different organizations, whether it was, yeah, in Calgary or across the world. We um, partnered with like Charity Water. So that was uh, giving money to, oh my gosh, this is like going back. I'm hoping I'm not going to misremember what organization yeah. did what. But anyways. Well, Charity Water for sure. Because there was one year that we had I know like, we did. Yeah, I know we, we did, did charity water because yeah. we had themes. Because we had a theme yes. for a few years. Yes. So we, one year we had was like water. The next year I think was food. And so we yeah. picked the first semester was like a local organization. Yeah. And then we did a global, a global. international organization yeah. for the second half of the year. Yeah. That's like our two focuses. Totally. So water. Yeah. Like we gave to organizations to build wells in third world countries. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember what we did for the local one. But anyways, um, food we did. Like we kind of started to, instead of just focusing on giving to organizations financially, we wanted to make it super accessible for people, whether that was in our choir or people who are familiar with New West. Um, and so then we started doing like um, giving of your time. So we gave, um, we donated brown bags to brown bagging for kids mm -hmm. in Calgary, um, which is just like you take paper bags. We had it at our Christmas party. We got to decorate oh, the yeah. bags. A lot of like the new Westies kids got to decorate yeah. bags. And then we just dropped those off at the um, organization so and that they that could part of pack a Christmas lunches. party. That yeah, year. yeah, yeah, exactly. It was super fun. It was great. It was um, a really fun way to get everyone involved and it didn't cost us anything. I mean, yeah. it cost us whatever the cost of like Some bags, paper bags, paper bags brown and, paper bags was. Yeah. And I think, um, like Melanie, uh, our host had like a bunch of stickers and stuff like that that we got to put in the bags too. So, um, yeah, so that was, that, that's new West gives back. It's been a really fun time to see it sort of grow into something that, yeah, is super accessible for anyone to be involved in. We got our members more involved by, um, like I would do the research and figure out what organization would fit with what we were focusing on that year and then bring it to the group and then the group got to vote which organization that they would right. like to yeah. 
um, focus on. And yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. It's kind of, um, it was hard the last year, obviously, cause we weren't a lot of our money that we get to donate to these organizations came from our concerts, like the love offerings and stuff. So obviously without concerts, that was a bit hard, but, um, there's definitely still lots of organizations to give to for sure. So, and then new West student ensemble will also partake with new West gives back, which and is really exciting. That's just starting up this year. Yeah. Brand fall new. 2021. Yep. Um, grades seven to 12 students. Um, it's kind of like a younger version of new West students or of new West symphony and chorus. So, um, yeah, students grades seven to 12, either vocalists or musicians. Um, we're doing auditions. We still have a couple more to do. I think, um, we have about 25 students, I think signed up between yeah, vocalists and, uh, musicians. So, uh, my husband, Matthew is the assistant conductor to David club, um, who was our interim conductor with the symphony and chorus for a couple years. Um, and the two of them are leading the charge for the student group. So yeah. it's just kind of a younger version of, so then the idea would be that, that those kids would eventually move up into symphony and chorus. So yeah. it's been really fun to watch them like audition. I've been able to sit in on a few auditions, which I never got to do with symphony oh, and chorus, cool. but yeah. there's some freakishly talented kids. So That's it's awesome. very exciting. Yeah. So plug, if you know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I guess, what would be your involvement in, um, in the student ensemble at this point? Like what um, have you been doing with it? I am, I guess, unofficially the communications coordinator. Okay. Unofficially, officially? I don't know. I'd have to consult my people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been, I set up all the social media. Um, so we have an Instagram page. We have a Facebook page for our members to like use as communication. Right. Um, we have a Facebook page for people to like, you know, see upcoming concerts, stuff like that. Um, and then I've just been setting up all of the auditions, um, emailing back and forth, answering questions from parents and or students, sending them all of the information they need for auditions and figuring out what these little punks are going to wear for their concerts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been fun. It's been neat to be a part of something from like the very beginning. Like I was I was I have been in New West for a number of years. I think this will be my eighth season. Holy cow. Eight years already. I think so. Wow. I want to say eight. Yeah, I think it's eight. Um, can I phone a friend? Rachel Thorne and I always argue <laughs> <laughs> how long we've known each other. And it's like, well, how long have you been in New West? Anyways. Uh, Rachel, if you're listening to this, we definitely need to know. Please phone in. Yeah. <laughs> Comment, subscribe, in, and yeah. let us know. Comment on the, um, on the Instagram <laughs> post or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's eight years. This will be my eighth season. I mean, I wasn't in it last year just with COVID and having a baby, being pregnant. A lot um, going on. Yeah, yeah, trying to get some hours in as a teacher, um, subbing and stuff. So I technically didn't sing for my seventh season, but I feel like I was still a part of the New West family yeah. from afar. But You're still very invested. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's my, yeah. So I haven't been in it since the very beginning. I've been in it for a while. Um, but this one, it'll be like right from the get go, which is kind of fun to see. And it'll be fun to see some of these kids, like if they join in grade seven and they go all the way to grade 12, just to see their growth. And there's a lot of like, yeah, really good potential musically from a lot of them. Well, I mean, all of them really. It reminds me of like being in choir with my brothers Mm. in high school. Cause we all went through it. We started in grade nine and then all the way to grade 12. And so all four of us, we were in there for like four years. So good. And yeah, it's crazy. Like when you first join that kind of a group, totally. and high school choir is like, you know. Oh, don't some say that too loud. Pretty, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Matt. <laughs> Matt's also the director of a. He's the choir conductor choir. at a high school choir, and yeah. they are they are good. Yeah. Our choir was okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did all right. I sh- well, I shouldn't say too much about it because I wouldn't want them to listen. But no, they are good. Yeah. They are but really good. Like starting at a young age like that starting in grade nine and then going all the way through high school like even in those four years there's so much turnover of people leaving the group and the yes. new ones joining every year it's yeah. a totally new group totally and, i mean we kind of see the same with with our choir too like there's always new members but at the same time there's still a lot of those core members mm-hmm. that have been there pretty mm-hmm. well since the beginning mm-hmm. and um Oh, Matt talks about that too, even with his students. Like he'll have students who have like come so far and then they get into grade 12 and then obviously they're graduating and then he has to start all over again with the grade, the incoming grade 10s. And it's like, oh, I miss the, you know, the people that were here last year because they were really strong and I have to build that up again. And it's like, that's your job. (laughs) (laughs) That's why why you're getting paid the big bucks, buddy. Ah, the big bucks, yes. So one thing that I, that we've... (laughs) talked about a lot is um as as we were kind of bouncing back and forth the idea for this podcast Mm -hmm. was um, the idea of an expert and so I guess maybe I'll I'll just give like an example or two of my own life about Mm -hmm. maybe where I see myself as an expert in one way or another to kind of clarify so I I would I guess I would see myself as like an expert singer Mm. because I've always loved singing ever since I was a kid I've been singing in church and then doing high school choir and then being in new west for 11 years and singing at churches and doing some recording stuff like i've i've been been a singer for a long time and it's something that i love to do mm-hmm. it's something that i went to school for and took some and time to study yeah and, yeah i was gonna say and you've studied and trained yeah. and stuff yeah and so there's there's a level of of education that i've invested into it and a lot of time and so i would call myself probably an expert singer right Mm, mm -hmm. even though I don't have a degree necessarily in in performance or anything like that Mm -hmm. I still studied for it Mm -hmm. um and I I would say too like thinking about all the different jobs that I've had like I've had a lot of customer experience jobs and customer service and that's sort of what I'm doing right now Um, but I've also done a lot of construction jobs too in different capacities and different trades and a lot of renovation stuff. And so you get pretty good at a lot of things pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I would say like, as, um, as a person that's done a lot of that type of work too, both in construction and a customer service where you're dealing with other people, you're dealing with either the cup of coffee that you're making them, or you're dealing with the drywall that you're putting up for them, whatever you're dealing with people and Mm -hmm. providing a service for people. And so I would say I'm kind of an expert in like a human relation sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe thinking about 
the types of jobs that you've had and the experience maybe with New West, um, maybe being a singer or doing a lot of customer service and even now being a teacher, what would what would you maybe classify yourself as, as far as, an, as the term expert goes? <laughs> um, I think I'd have to almost go like more broadly to feel confident in classifying myself as an expert in the sense that like, again, like kind of, as you said, like the human connection is the piece that sort of ties all those things. It's like the common mm piece in all of those the, the common denominator. Yeah, yeah I feel like for me it is people and I mean like when I think of myself and how I sit on the like introverted extroverted you know Spectrum. plateau plateau plane <laughs> I don't even know Along that line. um I would say that I am like in the middle so I am in I have to think about this now I am in extroverted introvert. So I, I am comfortable in an introvert, but I can flex my extrovert skills or abilities. And when I need to, I guess. So for instance, like with customer service, um, when I think about Apple specifically, like you're meeting someone new every like whatever, 10 to 15 minutes, like there's people in that store all the time. Oh yeah. And like pre pandemic, there was a system and it was like, once you finish with one customer, you'd like look to see on your little thing, who's looking for what. And if you could help them, you'd go over to them and like assist them with whatever questions and whatever about the product. And so you're kind of like, you're constantly meeting new people. Or like when I was working in the um, condo builder, I would have meetings back to back with families and couples and individuals. And you kind of just like, I would have to turn on my extrovert self. Um, and I, I think when I'm with people that I know and I'm comfortable, then I will, it's easier for me to be more extroverted. Totally. But when I am with people that I don't know or meeting new people or whatever, I would come home from a work day and I would be completely exhausted. But in terms of the expert side, I think the ability to turn that on and to make connections so that you have successful interactions, um, whether it was with the customer service or when I would be subbing, you know, if I'm at a different school every day, I'm meeting new kids every day. And let me tell you, those little chiclets can be very (laughs) intimidating sometimes. Oh, my goodness. Um, And... They're not chiclets, but whatever. There's other colorful words that we <laughs> maybe shouldn't say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say punks. Yeah, some of them yeah, were punks, true sure. punks. Um, but yeah, I would I would meet new kids every day, and it's like, okay, how can I? How can I not be that like? Ugh, we have a sub today. Yeah, like, how yeah. do I not be that person? Um, and I, I did feel like most places I had pretty good success with creating relationships um, and like having a good day with the students and, you know, making sure that I got through that teacher's lesson plan or at least most of it so that they didn't come back and feel like they had a whole bunch of backtracking to do. Um, although I remember teaching one math assignment and being like, I wrote the teacher a note being like, oh, I'm so sorry, but you're probably gonna have to teach this concept again because <laughs> I have no sweet clue what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, just like the ability to 
interact with people that I'm not comfortable with and not do it in a way that's like faking it or like insincere, but like doing it well and coming away from it feeling good and they're feeling good and we're all having a good time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like don't know. That. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely the same way too. Like I'm more of an introverted or an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Like on that, on that continuum, on that spectrum, I'm definitely oh, on, continuum. The, on the that introverted end. That was the word end. I to think of. Plain. Plateau. With plateau. The, oh my gosh. <laughs> on that line. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely an introvert for sure. Right. But I can put on that extroverted face whenever I need totally. to. And like you said too, when I'm hanging out with people that I know and that I'm familiar with, like being out with choir people after rehearsal mm-hmm. and going and hanging out, mm-hmm. that's the best. Totally. And I love it. Are you sure you don't want to come back? <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. Uh, I'm but, working on him, Henrik. <laughs> but I, I love, I love those moments, like being with the people that I'm comfortable with. But if I'm, if I'm meeting new people after a show that I don't know, or after a concert that I totally don't know, it's, it's more draining on me. It's totally. more of, it's more of an exertion of energy. Well, and conversation doesn't come as easy because you're yeah. like trying to figure out how can I like make a connection with you yeah. but i don't like, know oh, you that concert was so great yeah. and you're like thank you so much if you have I'm a solo you you're it. golden like, right yeah. like <laughs> the, you're so good but when you don't have a solo and you like they come up to you and they're like oh so like how long have you been in the group and you're like really that's what you want to know hmm, yeah. okay yeah yeah but i i definitely feel that like mm-hmm. the introverted or the extroverted introvert totally like that's my life yeah and it's funny like the more i've the longer i've been aware that I'm an introvert, the more I feel like I'm becoming more of like a classic introvert. Mm. Like it's so funny. I'm, I'm living on my own right now yeah. and I could, I could be in the house by myself all the time. I don't mind it. It's great. Yeah. And for some people that might drive them nuts. See, and that's where I'm not an introvert. Like I don't like sitting at home alone doing nothing. Right. Whereas right. like my husband who is like, more of an introvert <laughs> than I am. <laughs> um, he is very happy to like, especially after a day of teaching, he yeah. is very happy to come home and just like veg on the couch, watch TV and not come upstairs for like two hours. I mean, totally. now we have a kid, so he has no choice, but so he has to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, you're <laughs> home. Here's he, your child. But Thank he you also so loves much. to go out fishing. Totally. Right? Like that's his, his yeah. solitude yeah. time. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. And it's funny cuz I I mean your last episode you or the last episode that I listened to, not your last episode. I don't know. Yeah. Episode before the last one. Anyways, you and Sarah were talking about the Enneagram and I was listening to yeah. it and I just like keep mm-hmm. chuckling to myself cuz every time the Enneagram comes up, it's obviously a buzzword. Totally. It's like a hot topic. I, Everyone's I think obsessed we mentioned with that it. During that episode. And too. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally. Yeah. Um, and I am like, oh yeah, I know that I'm a six, but if you ask me what that means, I don't know. Yeah. I have zero <laughs> clue what that means. Like I'm not obsessed. Whereas like introverted and extroverted and like in my behavioral sciences, I took a whole course on personality. It was called personal no, it was just called personality. Um and we took a ton of personality tests. Okay. So you knew like your Myers-Briggs, you knew um, what color you were, yep. you knew... Um, Did you do the animals one too? Like a lion and a dog? And oh, maybe. I don't know. I maybe. It sounds few. like kind of familiar, but I'm not yeah. sure. Um, 
Yeah. We, and like the Enneagram just wasn't a huge thing at the time or it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't on the forefront of pop culture. Totally. <laughs> um, so it just wasn't a thing, but yeah, we took a ton and yeah. Introverted extrovert. And then I think definitely the, the term that's just coming to mind is like self-awareness. For, For me? sure. Like I, I think just in general, um, Although, yeah, actually, like, based off of what you were just talking about and how you're an expert at, or you, you would define yourself as an expert at being good with people. Yeah, self-aware is good. Right? I actually like had a, friend, a conversation. Having, having enough awareness to know that you are an introvert, but you're maybe more on the extroverted right. end of it, and knowing yeah. how you behave in a classroom, totally. being aware of that yeah. is a huge yeah. step. Yeah. A huge, um, totally. yeah, a huge step. Oh, yeah, self-aware, but also aware of... I think other people too, like I have a pretty good sense of, um, what other people, not what they're thinking, but like if there's like a level of, you know, discomfort or, um, if there's something, you know, unique about them or like, I like to call them, um, exceptionalities rather than like, I don't know. I don't even know what the other term is anymore because I just don't mm. use it. But, you know, learning exceptionalities, like I would refer to any student that I had with um, a, quote, learning disorder. Like uh, I don't totally. like calling them disorders because I think that a lot of these kids are just underestimated in what they can do. Um, and they're kind of put into a box and thought of what they can't do or what they're unable to do. But I think that they're capable of so much more than what we give them credit for. But um, differently abled. Totally. I mean, yeah, I don't know. For some reason that just also rubs me the wrong way, (laughs) but I don't know why. Um, I think we just like in my program, we, we talked about learning exceptionalities all the time. And so it just became like, that was how you referred to these kids. And so it's so hard for me to think of any other form of word association for them. But, um, I feel like I have a pretty good ability to connect with, um, with kids that of all, you know, varieties of all exceptionalities or, um, not or whatever. Yeah. Whether they're at a school for kids with autism or in the public system. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's kind of, um, it, it sort of almost becomes like a comfort zone for me. I gravitate towards wanting to help those kids, especially if it's in the public system because they often get overlooked, unfortunately. Maybe thinking about all the ways that you've maybe thought of yourself as an expert, what do you think makes someone an expert? Like, would it be qualification or maybe experience or would it be time spent in whatever realm um, versus maybe just being passionate about it and that's what you really love to do like what what do you think I think it and dep- maybe based on our conversations before and everything too like sort of the idea of this show and you're talking to a brand new mom who has mom brain <laughs> <laughs> and literally can't remember what she had for lunch today but um let's see if this answers your question okay <laughs> Um, I think it depends. 
Um, I think it depends on the person. I think it depends on the situation, if there's a job or not. You know, I think it really depends because I think we live in a society that is, I think, maybe slowly starting to gravitate towards experience being a better... Um, like a better metric. Yeah. Almost. But, you know, we, we've been so used to like, oh, can I see your education credits? Like what, what, what are you, um, educationally qualified for? And it's like this job that's more about, um, you know, humanistic behaviors or like teaching or, um, you know, working with kids. And it's like, really? Yeah. Like on paper, you could have all of the qualifications that you need to Mm. legally work with those kids or whatever. But I think, it takes, um, I mean, I guess speaking about education or, you know, kids with autism specifically, I think that there's a, there's a certain person it takes that is more qualified than the person who actually went to school for it. Um, like I think about our friend Carrie Lynn, um, who technically love you girl, this is no like slight against you, but technically doesn't have, um, the schooling to, to do the job that she has. Sure. But she's freaking amazing at it. Like, the girl has a heart of gold. Um, I've seen her in action, and she she knows what she's doing. She's been doing it for eons, yeah, like for a number her of whole years, life, really. And and like for her, the only thing that changes if she had the schooling for it would be an increase in pay. Sure. And the fact that that is a thing is kind of a crappy thing, um, because I think that you know. I, I don't think it's Carrie's, um, in, it's, I don't think it's her c- case, but we, um, education, like to get the education necessary can sometimes be inaccessible for people. Mm. And so if they, if they can't afford it or they don't have the time to do it, or they can't afford to take the time off of work to go to school to do it because they need to work the full-time job. Yeah. Cause they got to pay that rent. Exactly. All of it. Like then I don't know. I just, it feels like an unfair way to judge someone. Like you can look at a resume. Um, and I've had a few jobs where I feel like they haven't necessarily looked a ton at my resume. They've just invited me for an interview and they're like, tell me about yourself. Like, let's get to know each other, that kind of thing. And to me, that sort of an interview is way more beneficial than them having looked at my resume and saying, oh, she's qualified to be mm-hmm. a teacher. Oh, she is qualified to work with kids with autism. But like, what does it mean to actually do the job? Um because I think that there's some schooling that doesn't give you the hands-on experience that is way more beneficial than just sitting in a classroom and hearing a lecture yeah. from a teacher on how to, you know, cope with someone who's having a huge meltdown or like, you know, this is, this is the, um, this is the behavior. How are you going to deal with it? Like, yeah. And some types of schooling definitely allow for that. Like sure. if you're going to a place like SAIT where they have, um, you know, a, like my brother took the baking and pastry arts totally. program at SAIT. And yeah. so he was in the kitchen working with ingredients with his hands, yeah. getting to understand how they work together, yeah. how, how it all works out. Yeah. And the amount of time that they are so focused on the hands-on learning experience, it's great. And so you, you get that degree and then you can maybe go to a restaurant, you can do whatever. 
But with something like teaching or I think even being like a doctor, you know, there's so much theory and there's Mm -hmm. so many like concepts and ideas that you aren't really able to actually practice until you're in that environment. 100%. In the classroom or if you're on, you know, your unit in the hospital for the, for your first day. Totally. Like there's so much to be said for actual hands-on experience in that way too. Yeah. And even like for me as a teacher, like I remember in school, like as a student myself, um, we would prepare lessons like we were going to teach our peers right? and we would essentially go through the lesson. And then I remember going into my practicum and teaching my grade fives about clouds and being like, well, crap, I don't remember anything about clouds. <laughs> how am I going to help these guys yeah. remember how, like what kind of a cloud is what? Yeah. And, you know, like there's just, you can't get that experience without getting that experience. So I think, yeah, I think to become an expert at something, it, it kind of almost like to have the whole package or to have bits and pieces of, you know, the formal education, the experience, the job history, like all that kind of stuff, everything is beneficial and it's going to help you out. And I think the more pieces that you can pull from each of those areas, the more successful you might be at the thing that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I think too, like the idea of being qualified versus just having spent time in an area too. like qualification is helpful, but only to a point. Totally. And like there was a year that I did voice lessons Yeah. and I took voice lessons and I took a vocal pedagogy course to learn how to teach voice lessons, but I never actually was able to graduate from my program. And so I wasn't actually qualified as a teacher or as a vocal coach to teach lessons. And that's fine. And the students that I had knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, mean you can't do it. Yeah. They just wanted to learn. Yeah. They just, you know, so there's, there's and a if point you're a at fun which like. person to learn it from and like you are, a way, you have a way to engage with that student. That's way more beneficial than totally. like, okay, Bobby. So um, I went to school for vocal pedagogy like they're gonna be like what the heck is pedagogy and you'll be like (laughs) i know it's okay yeah i think that goes back to to like what you were talking about um like relating to people and understanding people and being good with people right and all of that like being that extroverted type of person that can relate to people even if it's your first day in a substitute teacher situation Mm -hmm. and you've never met these kids before But you have to adapt yourself to that environment. You fake it till you make it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like you fake it till you make it. Yeah. But there's a there's a point where any qualification that you have kind of doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Absolutely. When you're faced, when you're so raw and exposed at the front of a classroom, like yeah, I'm a teacher, but. Like, heck, I know what I'm doing up here. Absolutely, I remember talking to like people from my program too. Like I'm still good friends with, um, at least one of them. (laughs) Um, but just like, you know, you, you get into your first day of teaching and you're like, oh wow, I really wish that we had a longer practicum because like what, (laughs) or, you know, you have your practicum and sure. Yeah. Like we did, I mean, a total of, I don't know, 20 weeks of teaching throughout the two years program. Um, and I think there was maybe eight weeks where we were expected to teach a hundred percent. So like your partner teacher was not doing anything you had to plan. I mean, obviously it's not that they wouldn't do anything. You would like plan, prepare whatever lesson plan, 
give it to them, let them know what you're going to teach. They would maybe give you some, you know, critiques or some, um, suggestions on how to tweak it or like, Hey, well, I know my kids a little bit better than you do. So this is what I would suggest or whatever, or like vice versa. They might be like, this is how I have taught this unit in the past. Um, but like there is nothing compared to legitimately being on your own in the classroom having a sub plan and let me tell you some teachers do not provide the best sub plans (laughs) and it is stressful (laughs) and you have to somehow get through the day from eight o'clock to 3 30 and when that bell rings you're like hallelujah i made it i survived another day at grade five like oh my goodness i don't know how i pulled it off but here we are (laughs) i think they learned how to add and multiply i'm not quite sure (laughs) and maybe some geography but who knows canada is close to where (laughs) uh yeah it's crazy want to talk about being a new mom <laughs> we can do that uh maybe for someone that hasn't <laughs> had enough time <laughs> yeah i guess maybe on like the flip side of it like the the idea of um experience versus qualification or whatever totally. like not having had a lot of experience being a new mom mm-hmm. how's this all panning out for you um I definitely have put my foot in my mouth a couple of times, um, just with things that I remember, like my core friend group, they all have at least two kids. Okay. Um, and like they've had two kids for a number of years or at least have had their first kid for a number of years. Um, and I've definitely put my foot in my mouth sometimes. I've been like, Oh yeah, I made fun of you for doing that. That's cool. <laughs> I'm doing it now. <laughs> it's neat. Um, like I'm going to visit my friend uh, in Lethbridge for a couple days. Obviously, we're bringing her child because she can't stay at home alone to tend to herself uh, no, she these cannot. days. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, "Hey, how's your bedroom? Like, what's the bedroom like that we're staying in? Like, is it dark? Like, Parker's really um, grown accustomed to sleeping in a dark room. Like." pitch black like can't even see your hand in front of your face black wow and uh she's like yeah we've got blackout curtains i was like okay i usually bring um my roll of tin foil in my bag when i go places now and she's like okay but really <laughs> you bring your tin foil with you and i'm like girl anything is worth a good night's sleep okay and she's like yeah okay but you also made fun of us for doing things like that and i'm like <laughs> shut up uh yeah no it's good um she's three and a bit months now um she is the sweetest thing like honestly we really scored a jackpot with her um she's super cute i know everyone's biased about their own kids but like she's like really cute like a hundred percent like i will also confirm this like, <laughs> like she's she was born the cute. cutest kid she's got the biggest squishable cheeks oh my gosh and her thighs oh are getting so squishy and chunky oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's so cute um so she's cute she's got that going for her um sleep was like my number one focus with her trying to get her to sleep whether it was for naps or at nighttime she's now in her own room oh wow in her own crib so grown up I love the last four days <laughs> it's been very quiet in our room 
Um, and she's like, I mean, really, she's killing it. Like, there are hard days, but there are not bad days with her. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've been pretty lucky just in how I have adapted to becoming a mom and all of the like emotions and hormones that tend to come with those things. Mm. Um, when I watch movies now that involve anything with kids, I'm highly more emotional than I was before Parker came. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, holy. Um, and yeah, so I mean, she's, she, she's really making it easy. I can't, I feel like people are going to punch me in the face for, for saying those kinds of things, but really she is. Well, and, it quite and who easy. knows, like you might be eating your words in I another know. three months. When we get to like, <laughs> oh my gosh, well, even next month is like the four month sleep regression, which is like the big, like, okay, whatever. Like everyone is always like, ugh, the four month sleep regression. And I'm just like, I'm really hoping that I've set her up for some good success and we don't have too yeah. terrible of a time. But Well, you know what? By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be close to that time. Oh my gosh. So when you listen back to it, no, then you can see how now. accurate you were. No, she's like, it'll be like another two weeks after this episode comes out. Okay. Yeah. But we'll reconvene. I'll let you know. Yeah. You just got to listen to the episode again in like another three months. <laughs> yeah. And then see and like listen back to yourself saying all I mean, this. Hopefully she's still cute and another three months what I mean, if, oh she's no. done pretty good for the yeah, first three months she's she's done all right yeah i don't think she could go backwards from where she's come <laughs> uh yeah no it's it's been good and i mean i have a really supportive husband which is awesome um he he was really nervous to become a dad as i think many dads are um and he like literally um you know, I gave birth to her on a Friday and he went home and had a really good night's sleep because it was only a chair in the hospital room. Wow. Um, and so he went home and had a good night's sleep. He came back the next day and he was like, game on, let's go. Wow. And just like took bull by the horns and has been mostly killing it ever since. That a boy. Yeah. Good job, Matt. Yeah. We argue over who gets to change the next poopy diaper. I mean, sure. But. But that's like going to be that's going to be an argument. Oh my gosh! I think for a long time. Can I share like a gross story? Is that allowed sure. on these things? <laughs> so the other day, speaking of poopy diapers, this is what moms do now. They just like talk about. Their just kids. talk about poop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my mom is the mom of four boys, and she still like talks poop jokes. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, this isn't a poop joke though. This is like this literally like a, happened. Like a story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm in the middle of changing Parker's poopy diaper. Um, and I'm just like talking to her and she's smiling and then all of a sudden she starts making this face and I'm like, oh crap. Oh. And I was like, literally, oh crap. <laughs> no, no pun intended. I'm like, <laughs> I have a wipe to wipe her butt in my hand and I'm about to wipe her butt and like so much poop oozes no. out into my wipe in my hand and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is disgusting. Uh. Like think about, think about like a, uh. This is so gross. Why am I even sharing this? Think about a, like a paste coming out of a tube, (laughs) (laughs) but like a runny paste. Like a, like a chocolate lava cake inside coming out of a toothpaste tube. Not, not that runny. Okay. But like runny enough that it's like, this is runny cake icing. Oh man. Oozing out of her butthole. And I'm literally catching it because it's either I catch it in my hand 
with a wipe as a barrier yeah. or I let it go onto the change pad and then have to wipe it off of the change pad. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm committing like, we'll catching your poop it in my source. wipe. Like, oh my goodness. Oh, it was wow. so disgusting. That's incredible. And then Matt came home that day and I was like, you'll never guess what I did. To-. And I think this was, this might've been the morning when he went overnight camping with his friend. So he was gone Friday all day, came home Saturday right. evening. Yeah. And I think this happened on Saturday morning. And I was like, you are on diaper duty for the rest of this week. You'll never guess what your daughter did this morning. Because she pooped in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like lava flow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh, wow. actually, that's a pretty lava good... flow, there we go. That's a pretty good, vivid picture for the listener. Oh boy. Not the right color, but... Yeah. A little, a little more subdued, not, not quite so hot. Yeah, so gross. Actually, surprisingly warm, but anyways... <laughs> Motherhood baby. <laughs> Hashtag mom life. No, it's been good. She's she's a, a true sweetheart. She's rolling over now. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, she can roll from her her back to her tummy. Um she's kind of started giggling, which is very cute. Aww. And that's just been within the last couple of days. I literally was like going in and like chomping on her cheeks. Not legitimately, people, but Okay. I did say literally. <laughs> uh, just clarifying, I was not eating my daughter's cheese. Um, but I was like, yeah, like chomping and like making a hum, 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 hum noise on her cheeks. And she was like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm uh, dead. You, you, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> How will I survive the next 18 years of my life? I have no idea. Game over. Yeah. Even the next two. Who knows? Okay, well, I got two more questions. So, maybe based on everything we've talked about about being an expert, mm-hmm. I and mean, maybe what that what what that looks like for you, and what that's looked like for me, and I'm sure for anyone listening to, what is if you could choose to be an expert at one thing, what would that thing be? I mean, if you are asking me right now in this moment, which you are. I am. This is happening right now. I am honestly weirdly obsessed with like baby sleep. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's quite fascinating. Like, I mean, you are literally teaching this human how to sleep. Right. By like, you know, putting them down for a nap or creating a really dark room with or without your freaking tinfoil. Manipulating an environment. Totally. Yeah. Um, and there's like sleep triggers that you do. So like I always put Parker in her sleep sack and I always give her her soother and I always give her her little birdie toy. And it's like in a specific order, I turn the sound machine on. And like in the last couple of days, I've literally laid her down in her crib and she's like, okay, good night. And like rolls her head over and closes her eyes. Wow. It's nuts. Like you are literally teaching your child how to sleep. And I mean, not everyone does it the same way. There's many ways that you can teach your kid how to sleep. I mean, technically I'm sleep training her. Right. And yeah. some people would frown upon that at three months old, which is fine. Like it's not for everyone. I think that's like, that's a huge whole other thing with motherhood is like, it's such like everything is kind of controversial. Like there's, mm. there's so many different ways that you can do things. Like everyone's got their own experiences totally. and their own opinions and totally. they're all valid. Absolutely. Of course. And, and like you are your kid's mom, so you will do what is best for your kid. Yeah. Um, and just like respecting that. But yeah, I've, been pretty obsessed with you know trying different ways to get 
Parker to sleep, mostly because I really like my sleep. <laughs> so and it's more I like a survival thing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's doing pretty good. She sleeps from like eight o'clock at night to about four thirty-five in the morning. That's not bad. And then I'll feed Man. her, and then she goes back to sleep usually yeah. for another three hours. So. Wow. When it's working, it's very rewarding. Yeah. So that would be, I don't know, I guess right here, right now, I am enjoying learning more about sleep. Cool. Yeah. Is that like just sleep as it relates to Parker specifically or like just the idea and the maybe methodology and maybe the brain science of it? Um, Probably more so like Parker related. But also just like understanding the benefits to setting your kid up for success. Right. And like I said, obviously everyone does it differently and, and people may not agree with that, that or the, excuse me, the ways that I am doing sleep with Parker as like a good way to do it. But for us, it's working. And so I'm like, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I will keep on this train. I found something that works. I'm not yeah. going to. Yeah. If I mean, it ain't I broke, don't fix it. Ex- yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, I think I could probably get more into the brain science of it. I mean, like, you know, I've learned about like the different stages of infant sleep. Sure. Um, so for me, challenging myself to not, you know, get up and run in there when she's stirring to make sure that I'm like right there when she, you know, wakes up or whatever. But just like letting her kind of roll over and fall into the next stage of sleep, you know, like we don't as adults, we don't actually stay asleep the whole night. There's Mm -hmm. the different sleep cycles that we go into. And obviously, like I'm sure you've heard of like REM sleep when you go into that deep level of sleep. And um, there are times that you don't actually know that you're awake, that you are awake during the night which is quite fascinating. So Well, I've heard too at that point the memory formation part of the brain is not active. So think, even though yeah. you may be like actually awake, you don't remember that you're awake. Totally. Yeah. You, and that's the thing, you don't actually yeah, you don't know that you have woken up multiple times, which is why some people will have like um those like things that will record their sleep. I know of a few people um who have shared those recordings on Instagram and it is amazing. Like some of the the sleepwalker sleep talking and sleep yeah. oh yeah. So There's like a, good. a really popular TikTok channel right now. Oh, like really? this girl that's sleepwalking all over her house and like oh, she got gosh. outside at one point and like I... almost fell into a snowdrift. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. That's insane. Like, I had a roommate once. I will leave her unnamed for her own (laughs) (laughs) protection. For her her protection. Um, I had a roommate once who we were living in like, not like a shady part of town, but just like kind of like a, a different part of the city that I'm used to maybe. Okay. Um, And, and at one point, like I was a bit of a night owl back then. And I hadn't gone to sleep. And so I had just maybe turned my light out or something. So I was like just starting to fall asleep. And all of a sudden I hear this super loud, shrill, no. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I will say we had been broken into, like our house had been broken into. Oh, really? Well, we weren't home, but 
um, a few weeks before that, I think it was, or maybe a couple of months before that. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's happened again. Like there's someone in our house, they're in her room. Oh my goodness. And like it's going what down. What the actual heck? Yeah. And I just kind of like froze in my room and I had no idea what to do. And I asked her the next morning about it and she was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Like bloody murder screamed. I'm not even kidding. It was terrifying. But we're still great friends. We've survived. We no longer wow. live together. Not for that reason, but I got a good a story about that too. Uh, we always went camping as kids out mm-hmm. to BC. And I'm I'm the oldest of four boys. Yeah. And my third brother, Ben, and I, we never got along. And you know Ben. Uh, ben and I have always butted heads ever since we were kids. Like he threw a butter knife at me one time. It didn't hit, but oh it took gosh. a chunk out of the table. Um, but anyway, there was there was one summer that we were camping and my brother Nathan and I shared a tent every summer and then the two youngest brothers and my parents were in a tent trailer. Okay. And for some reason, something had happened that day between me and Ben and it like got into my subconscious and partway through the night, like probably two in the morning, I full on, full voice screamed, Ben! Across the campground. And I screamed it so loud, I woke myself up in time to still hear it echoing across the campground. Oh my goodness. <laughs> True story. That and then Nathan hilarious. woke up too. I'm sure he was... And he's like, shut up. And he like that's all, beamed me that's right all in the he chest. Said. He's not like worried about Ben or anything. He's just like, I'm trying to sleep, man. She's like, what are you doing, dude? And Come he cranked on. me one right in the chest. He's oh like, gosh. go back to bed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> True that's story. Hilarious. That's hilarious. So there's all kinds of stuff that we do in our sleep. Oh, absolutely. on everything we've talked about and how relationships with people has been such a theme I think throughout all this maybe intentionally or unintentionally um, what's one thing that you wish people knew about people (laughs) and being in relationship with people um hmm I think that if I've learned anything from this last year, um, oof, <laughs> let me think about it. I had a conversation with a friend recently about, I mean, a bunch of things, but I mean, we happen to be specifically talking about faith and how people have different viewpoints and people have different, um, things that are important to them with their faith or not important or et cetera. And like, Really, if we can boil it down to the simplicity of having humans live harmoniously together, it's not about you're doing it wrong the way that you believe Mm. or don't believe or you're missing this piece or that piece, but it's more about how can we coexist in a world? How can we appreciate other people in the world that we live in? That is very different from expectations that people have from, you know, years ago or, you know, if you're more of a conservative person or you're more of a liberal person, like how can we coexist together? And I think it really boils down to 
learning to just appreciate people for who they are and what they bring to the table, not for what they're, they're missing or what they're not bringing to the table. Um, yeah, I think that we just need to give people the benefit of the doubt rather than assuming they're doing something wrong or they could be doing this or that better because, you know, maybe I have experienced doing that and this is, it's worked well for me. And the way that they're doing it doesn't seem to be working well, but like, I don't know if that's working well for them. Mm -hmm. It might not look like it's working well from my standpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think just, yeah, having a more open mind that everyone has a different story. And I feel like it sounds so simple, but I think that there's just still an expectation that either society places on people or we place on people because of society yeah, or because of our own background and history. Totally. Of course. Yeah. And I think if we can just learn to appreciate people more and better, um, then I think that, I, I don't know, I just think it would be a way healthier way to live. I think people would be happier. I think people would not be disappointed as much. There wouldn't, there wouldn't really be room for disappointed disappointment because I am not placing my expectations of myself on someone else. I don't know if that really plays into like my experience of with customer service, but I think just like for me, I approach my jobs that, you know, incorporate other people with an open mind as best as I can. Um, because, I mean, you might be given an opportunity to do something that you never knew you could do or yeah. wanted to do if you didn't, like, just go into that conversation with that stranger who's buying an iMac from you. You know, like, well, what are you doing with your iMac? Oh, cool. You're doing music? Sweet. Oh, you want to make a record one day? Oh, cool. My dad's a musician. Like, right. And yeah. then it just propels. It's like, we could just be... I think we can just be so much nicer to everyone. Like, I think people can just be more kind to everyone. And if we don't allow for our bad days to be like a dominating experience with someone else, does that make sense? If we don't allow our... hardships not allow I think allow is probably not a really great word but if we if we journey with people maybe through our hardships we might be able to get through them in a different way than if we just were to try and get through them ourselves yeah. I think about like even our Marco Polos with one another right like yeah, totally. whether it's about um the podcast or day-to-day -day life our jobs you know relationships any of those kinds of things like sharing your experience opens up more opportunities for healing and just like community and all that kind of stuff. But if we're so closed off and we don't open ourselves up to different people, then we're kind of almost closing ourselves off from opportunity or growth or personal development. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think really that, have, that I kinda... think it doesn't really have anything to do with my job history, but <laughs> like, I don't know. 
But I, I think it's it's your experience with people and learning people and yeah. trying to understand yeah. people and learn from people mm-hmm. that has shaped the way that totally. you view the world and the way that you view relationships. Absolutely. And that all of it has culminated into this idea that we just got to be decent to other people. Totally. And I think too, like I've, I've been going through a lot of stuff in my own life and in my own faith and stuff over the last number of years. And one thing that, um, that I've heard from another podcast that I've listened to is the awareness that is shining out of your eyes is what's shining is the same awareness that's shining out of someone else's eyes. And that awareness is God. Mm, And that awareness that what's, that the light behind your eyes is also the light behind someone else's eyes Mm -hmm. and that that's reason enough Mm -hmm. to give that person love. Yeah. And I think that's it. Like that's love. And I think even if the awareness isn't shining, like I think, yeah, you know, what if it's just a bad day? Right. Like what if, and that light is just a little bit dimmer that day. Totally. Yeah. Like, and they, and they might not have the same beliefs. They might not agree with you. They might not share the same, you know, yeah I said beliefs already but the same or or have the same experiences or background and that but that doesn't mean that you just shut that person out yeah like there's still there's still a reason that that person is here and there's still benefit to like getting to know them and like potentially having them in your life whatever that looks like um because we can all learn from each other and also community is awesome yeah and honestly that's a big reason why i wanted to do this podcast Mm. is to share stories and share perspectives and share experiences and share people's backgrounds of what makes them who they are totally and i think a lot of the time in north america we we tend to identify with the jobs that we have so it's Mm. easy for us to talk about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and that's a good gateway Mm -hmm. but i think if we can understand like I was trying to ask you about what experiences have you had in these jobs that have um, shaped the way that you view the world, totally. right? The more stories that we can, that I feel that I can put out into the world and share mm-hmm. just from people in my own life. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got a, a guest that I connected with Instagram that's going to be on at the so end of the good. month and so just randomly. Yeah. Um, really excited for that one. But realizing that your experience is your experience and that's valid, Mm -hmm. but other people's experiences are also valid and that their lives and their stories and their journeys are all worth sharing. Whether or not it makes sense to you. Totally. And that's exactly what you were talking about with Parker and her sleep schedule too. Yeah. And the way that you're like getting her to sleep. Yeah. And there's so many opinions from so many other moms that have done it these Mm -hmm. like X, Y, Z ways. But this is the way that works for you. Totally. And that's fine. And their opinions are also valid and their experiences are also valid. Because it'll like something or whatever that they've done has obviously worked for them or maybe it hasn't. But that was the way that they were comfortable doing their child rearing. (laughs) (laughs) But I think and I mean, I think if you asked me, I don't know, three, four years ago, it would be a completely different story. I think there came a shift where... I realized the importance of kind of stepping out of my own 
shoes and stepping into someone else's shoes yeah and just saying yeah. like well what are you going through and what would that be like so rather than you know i think of like re- past relationships that i've had where um we would have conversations or discussions and it would kind of get heated and then it was like no you like kind of that like you need to come my way like you need to you need to like understand what i'm saying and it's like okay but like you also need to understand what i'm saying because there's mm-hmm. two different people in this relationship how can we um you know, perspective share in a healthy way. And I think I've definitely shifted in my ability to see the other side of the story or see the other side of um, the coin or, you know, just like generally see someone else's perspective because we are, everyone is so different in this world. Like we all have different values and morals and things that are important to me won't necessarily be important to the next person. But like, why is that important to the next person or why isn't it important? And to realize too, that their experience is valid to them. Absolutely. Right. And even though it may not work for you and that maybe a certain lifestyle or a certain, whatever it is that that may not work for you, but it works for them. Totally. Right. And your choices in life may not work for them either, Totally. but, and that's fine. You know, we're all trying to, we need to live in home. We're all trying to live our lives. We're all trying to make it on this crazy marble spinning through space yeah and i think too like again going back to what you were saying about relationships and community like at the beginning of this conversation Mm -hmm. that we need each other as people like we are hardwired neurologically to be in relationship Yeah. yeah and to to suppress that by not getting to know other people or to limit it by only talking to your core group of friends and those are the only people you spend time with Mm -hmm. is totally cutting yourself off from so much of humanity and then you get isolated and you can't grow and you can't change and you can't develop as Mm -hmm. a person Mm -hmm. you just get stuck and yeah i think that's a huge thing with community too of just like being able to grow together and learn from each other super important 100 percent. anyway well this was great. Yeah. Super Thanks fun. for chatting. Happy 10th This was super episode. fun. Happy 10th. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> and so honestly, good. like, thanks for all the help and support and ideas and encouragement and everything that you've put into this show. I feel like I haven't done as much months. as you're giving me credit for, but I have enjoyed being a sounding board. I will say that. I definitely feel okay. like I've been a sounding board, maybe like a suggestion or advice given here and there. But don't give me too much credit. This is all know. you. But don't sell yourself short either. But like you've you've helped out you've helped me out a lot. Just trying to process different ideas and different. Like I said, I am good at listening. It. I'm good at listening over here. But yeah, it's right. been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yay Anyways, ten. Um, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you? Lol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a private account. I don't want a bunch of weirdos. Well, that goes against everything I've literally just said. I don't want a bunch (laughs) of random people to follow me on Instagram as I just post pictures of my kid. Um, (laughs) But I will plug uh, New West Student Ensemble. Yes, that's right. We are at NW Student Ensemble um, on Instagram. And you can find us the same way on Facebook. Grades 7 to 12. 
we rehearse on Mondays. I say we like I'm singing in this group. I am a grade <laughs> 7 to 12 student. The group um, that you've helped organize and facilitate. Yes. Uh, yeah. They will meet on Monday nights from 7 to 9. Um, and the idea is that we will sing in a few concerts with the symphony and chorus throughout the year. Sweet. I think we're joining we. Oh, my gosh. I think they, us, all of them are... <laughs> joining forces for christmas at the jack this year which cool. i think is actually gonna happen and i am so stoked i really hope so yeah so yeah i mean if you really want to follow me if you want to see my cute chubby cheeked baby because <laughs> <laughs> that's all i post about now uh and there's no shame in that <laughs> underscore andrea dot ellis i think i never know i don't tag myself in things well, I'll, I'm pretty sure that's what I'll it is. I'll tag you in the Instagram post when this episode goes out too. Yeah. So if you want to see Parker's cute little face, yeah. I may or may not let you follow me. <laughs> may or may not. We'll we could, see. We could potentially be a community on Instagram. There we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thanks, Andrew. This thanks, was great. J-Mo. This was so fun. Happy days. Happy happy days. Happy tenth. Happy tenth. <laughs> okay, that's it. Okay. We're done. Cut. Man, that episode was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Andrea. This was great. I'm really glad that you were willing to come on for episode 10. And thanks for having this chat. Um, If you want to support more of what this show is about, head over to Patreon. I've got a whole campaign over there with a bunch of different levels of membership, um, all of which include access to a patron-exclusive podcast, as well as um, some unedited content. You can get a shout-out on the show at different levels and also some behind the scenes access to different things about the creative process and how I put this whole show together. So if you want to support me there, patreon.com slash unexpected experts, and we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody.